0: Benedict College quarterback Eric Phoenix enters the transfer portal, and Alonzo Graham's track and field story actually sets the tone for UAP football under his reign. Oh yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. what's going on family welcome back to another episode of the locked on hbcu podcast your number one daily one-stop shop for everything hbcu athletics monday through friday part of the locked on podcast network your team every day and now of course sam darian gray aka the mouth of the south texas southern alum and former tsu herald sports editor thank you for going on this journey with me making locked on hbcu your first listen of the day Every day, and remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives, which you can find right here. Yeah, y'all thought I was about to point off screen. I just had to cock back like jaw on the poster right here on the bottom of the screen at South Exclusives. If you're on the audio side of things, don't forget the S on the end. But today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, the number one place for all of your sports wagering to have you covered with more odds, props, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And Eric Phoenix has entered the transfer portal, and I'm obligated to tell you that does not mean that he's gone. I I personally always think that people are gone, especially with the timing of it. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. I always feel like once you enter the portal, you pretty set on leaving. Unless something else redirects you. So I'm going to say, I'm just going to say Benedict College quarterback Eric Phoenix has entered the transfer portal and not attached that former on it quite yet. But he's a grad transfer. He's leaving. He graduated early. He'll have one more year of eligibility because he played these last two years, started these last two years heavily in every game except the ones that he missed due to injury. And then also he was there for that first year in 2000, in 2019. So that's his first three years of eligibility, but he does have one year remaining. And I really loved how Phoenix did his, his goodbye graphic because he starts off with the thank yous to Benedict college. But then he also says, what's up, new opportunities. He puts his, his miniature resume at the bottom, Benedict 2022 SEAC champions. First championship in school history, first undefeated season in school history, two time all conference. And then, of course, he puts his measurements. And I love that because he's showing his love to Benedict College. He's showing his appreciation and his gratitude. But you have to understand these graphics are not only goodbyes to you. They're also the bat signal to everybody else. Come look at me. And rather than just putting his goodbye and just signifying that he's entered the portal in that little graphic, he's told you. And this is as somebody who watches a lot of Netflix, random Netflix. You go through and you scroll, you read that one, nah, not really good. You read that one, nah, not really good. But when you read a story that captivates you, you say, you know, I'm gonna watch this movie. And in this situation, Eric Phoenix's film is the movie. That bottom of his goodbye graphic, that miniature resume, is that synopsis that you read that gets you, that gets you intrigued. And I love what he did because he was very intelligent. And I don't know if this was purposeful, I don't know if this was calculated or what, but in my mind, this is what I saw. He put his team success up there. He put his individual success up there. He put his measurements up there. All three of these things are the bullet points that you need to hit. Because as a quarterback, fair or or not, we know this is the case. Wins and losses aren't a quarterback stat. They're not. Wins and losses are not a quarterback stat, but they are a quarterback critique. And I'm not saying it's fair. I'm not saying it should be that way. There are so many things that go into play on how a quarterback or how a team wins Other than just the quarterback. However, at the end of the day, people are looking at wins and losses. If you are the engine of your offense, people are going to accredit the wins and the losses to you. So when Eric Phoenix puts champion, undefeated season, first in school history, when he puts those things on there. It says, OK, I can lead my team to heights. They know that coaches are going to see that. I don't know a program in the world that doesn't get a quarterback hoping that they're going to lead them to a championship. I don't know one. It doesn't make sense. And then also you said, I'm not just a part of that team. I wasn't just happened to be the quarterback on an all on a, a, an all time team. Right. Well, I'm also a conference player, all conference player. So not only was I a part of a team, I was a high uh, or a big part, an important part of that team that's something i think is important that's something i think is important uh one thing he didn't put that he could have but it was way too many words right so i'll illustrate this for him we talk about how much coach barry was important to the evolution of benedict college and 100 percent he is i'm not taking that away from him but we also have to give credit to eric phoenix and what part he played he was a part of that one and nine year before coach barry got there so i know what you may be thinking isn't that kind of counterintuitive to my point no Because he was a part of that 1-9 and season, but he ain't play. He barely started in the one, not the one game, but the one win they had, he did start. So now you come to the next year, 5-5. and He starts that year in all the games except for the ones he misses an injury, and he's there for four of the five victories. So basically when he's there, they win. Now you get to 2021, and obviously he's progressing over this time. Or excuse me, 2022. He's progressing over this time. He plays every single game and they don't lose a game until the playoffs. So as much as we give Coach Barry this nod, this love, we also have to look at Phoenix because his starting coincides with the Benedict College success just as much as Coach Barry's arrival. So this is going to be a hit. You are going to have to possibly because, like I said, there's still a chance that he does come back and doesn't leave through the portal. But you're gonna to have to possibly replace your quarterback who's been around for your best years or for your best year excuse me that's something you're gonna to have to deal with and the only reason this move actually surprises me is because of the timing i thought this would happen in 2022 calendar year and i told you i'll talk about this at the beginning of the show I was kind of like, okay, if you're going to enter the portal in January, that means you've had at least a month to really think about this and really decide this is what you want to do. You're not just rushing into the portal and like I just want to see what the other things have for me. No, you sat back, you probably talked to your mama, talked to your dad, talked to probably even talked to a coach or two, probably a high school coach as opposed to your college coach and just said, "What does the grass look like on the other side? Do I want to know?" So with this being so calculated, I do think that he's going to leave, but I will still wait until he actually does it to put the former on it. That's just how I look at it. But at the same time, I'm not surprised that it actually happened, just the timing of it. When you're successful, people come calling. people want to come take you away from where you are because they want what you had, you know, and also just success breeds other opportunities for people, period. And we see it in like football, for example. A lot of times, when you succeed or you have high-level play, well, now your staff gets taken away from you, especially in in the league, right? Especially in pro ball, you win a Super Bowl. People want to see. Well, you had a really good defense in that Super Bowl team. Well, why don't you have your defensive coordinator come interview, right? We want him as my head, as our head coach, or your offensive coordinator as our head coach. Those are the type of things you see, and it's everywhere. Even in college ball, you start getting some success. That's why I thought Coach Barry might have left, because he he was so good, so people would have came calling you see it in regular life like for example on this network success breeds other opportunities right both i and the host of locked locked on longhorns jonathan davis were a part of the bottom sports conglomerate right so i just want to give a shout out shout out to my guy tony monk because Spot On sports is doing great things check him out on youtube if you're listening to me on youtube go ahead and type that in because they're doing great work over there and here's my thing success breeds other opportunities I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Spot on Sports. I know for a fact that John's introduction into Locked On came from some of his work at Spot on Sports. I know these things. So success breeds other opportunities. I guess that's just a quick way for me to show a little love to my guy, my guy Tony. So uh, check out Spot on Sports. They're going to be the red and black logo. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to leave it alone. But here's the thing. Once we left, Spot on Sports still kept rolling. And now that Eric Phoenix is likely going to leave, Benedict has to be able to do the same thing. We'll see if they can. It's much easier said than done. This is the quarterback and one of the leaders of your undefeated team. I I can't wait to see where he goes. That's something that I will watch. I wouldn't be shocked to see him in a Swag. see him in a Miak. These things happen. A lot of times you see the quarterbacks or the, the HBCU players transfer from the D2 level and they come up to the FCS level and they go to the SWAC or the MEAC or maybe a, a North Carolina A&T, a Tennessee State, a Hampton. We see these things. They stay within the HBCU realm. They just go D2 to FCS. And as we go forward with the episode, we're gonna be talking about Alonzo Graham because Alonzo Graham's track and field story actually sets the tone for his era of UAPB football. So we're gonna talk about the correlation between those two and I got this from his press conference as we continue with locked on hbcu but first today's episode is brought to you by bet online bet online is the number one place for all of your sports wager and needs to have the best odds the best props the best lines bet online is the number one place that's why i call it this they're versatile as well it's kind of like this show where we talk about a variety of different sports you're not just going to bet online to bet on football even though the playoffs are going and i think this is going to be a great divisional round You're not just going to bet online to bet on basketball, even though we had a really great game between the Celtics and Warriors just last night. You're not just going to bet on baseball. You're not just going to bet on hockey. You're not just going to bet on uh, um, combat sports. I can't wait for this fight on Saturday. UFC 284. I hope I got that number right. There's so many things that are there. You can get them all. You're not just going for one, you're going for all. They're so versatile, including to having the best odds, props, and lines. That's just another bonus. Bet online is, is the fastest and easiest way to wage on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. We so keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU. I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. For your second listen, check out Locked on College Basketball, which is everything you need around the sport of NCAA basketball in one place. Wherever you get your podcast, you can check this out. And I thought that Alonzo Hampton's story from track and field actually sets the tone for how his approach will be to UAPB football underneath his era. It wasn't even a story that he told. It was a story that he told to A.D. Robinson. And then A.D. Robinson said, you know what, I'm going to share this with you. And I and I don't think that he probably thought it was going to be something that caught everybody's ear. Probably just thought it was going to be a funny story. Probably thought it was a good way to get your point across. But I actually felt like he got his point across so well that this feels like it's going to be the tone of UAPB football underneath Coach Hampton. So this is basically the story. Coach Hampton was running track and field back in the day. And obviously the, the goal is to win. The goal is to be the gold medalist, right? But he's going against these two sprinters. He runs the 100 and I think maybe the 200 too because it was a part of this story. And it's like, okay, I'm here to win. At the end of the day, I am here to win a gold medal. But these two guys are just faster than me. So what does he do? He pivots and he goes to the 400. Different event, different technique, and he wins it, gold. Now there's two ways because different ears hear different things in different ways. Or hear the same thing in different ways. Some people might hear him be like, oh, well, why didn't he just try to fight through those guys? You know, he quit. But somebody like me, because I don't think that's the right way. Somebody like me said, oh, well, he didn't want to keep beating his head against the same wall, but he wanted to still achieve his goal. And he found a way to do it. I'm going to tell you why the former is the wrong way to look at it and why the latter is actually the tone and kind of the the mindset that Coach Graham, excuse me, Coach Hampton is taking into UAPB football. Because here's the thing. You might say he moved away from that competition. He ain't quit. He ain't quit. At the end of the day, sometimes some folks are just better. This happens in football. Maybe, you know, I'm not the best outside linebacker on the team. I need to shift to the middle. Or maybe I'm not the best cornerback on the team. I need to shift to the safety. You ain't quit. Quitting is deciding I'm not the best. I'm just going to stop running. That's not what happened. Stop confusing. I don't want to say stop because nobody did it. Don't confuse alternate paths for quitting. They're not the same thing. Alternate pass is just finding another way to get your goal done. And that's what he's going to have to do. They Basically, that was the story. That was the moral of the story that A.D. Robinson said. Basically, he's going to find a way. And I agree. That's the mindset. Um, And it's a by any means possible thing. Not by any means necessary. By any means possible. Because that means if I can do it, I'm going to get it done. And they know it's not going to be easy. There's good teams that are already in the swag, Good teams that are already built up. And also, they're behind the eight ball. They ain't recruiting nobody. Early signing day. You know why? They ain't had no coach. What coach, what, what what recruit is gonna come out here with no coach? There's no vision. There's no there's no semblance of what you're trying to get done. None of those things exist because you don't have a coach. And even now, you don't have no offensive coordinators, you don't have a defensive coordinator. So it's going to be kind of hard for people to want to buy in. You're going to have to buy your time. You're just trying to get past spring ball, That's what he said. He's trying to get his staff in. And once they get the staff in, then they can decide on intent. Then they can decide on, okay, this is the type of player that we want. This is what we're looking for. Because recruits aren't coming in if they don't know where they fit in the system. You got to know where you fit. If you don't know if it's a good fit or not, why are you going to the school? That's, that's the way that I kind of uh, look at it. And he said he's here to do more with less. Can you understand he has less? It's not an excuse. It's a, it felt like a promise. You know, I, I I see what we're lacking now, but it doesn't matter. And to bring it back to the story, that's an alternate path. When you have less, you're going to have to find alternate paths, especially when you're a new coach, because what the path was wasn't working. So when you look at what they were already doing, it's just not working. And I'll leave this quote here and I'm not going to actually elaborate on. It. I just think it's so great. He preached patience. All coaches come in and say we're going to win. Because if you're not here to win, what are you here to do? But he also preached patience, which is not something you typically hear, but it's a process. He talked about it. This is the quote. It's going to be a process, and I want you to understand what a process requires. In a process, there's going to be some pain. In a process, sometimes you're going to have to persevere through some things because those things aren't always going to be in place. But I just ask that fans and administration trust me and trust my coaching staff. That's real. That's real. I know I said I wouldn't elaborate, but I did feel I need to add just a little thing right there. But just the idea of preaching patience, even though we're going to be successful, I thought it was so realistic. It didn't taper expectations, but instead it just was like, all right, this is the coach who I know is going to be a completely upfront, completely 100. And it's somebody I feel like I could trust. That's the vibe that I got almost immediately from that quote. So I said I wouldn't elaborate. I'll leave it there. I still thought it was such a great quote that I had to end it there. Patience, patience, patience. This is a process. And going forward, we're going to be talking about Virginia State's defense in basketball because we had some concern earlier in the week. I think there might be reason to be even more concerned now. We'll talk about that as we continue with Locked on HBCU. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the number one protein bar on the market, bar none. I was literally on the phone just yesterday with my girlfriend telling her, this is the protein bar. I, I I ain't gonna lie to y'all. I be keeping built Bars in a room and I really do tell people this is the Swiss Army knife of protein bars. You can eat it as a snack. Because it tastes delicious. You can eat it just because you need some energy, or you can eat it before you go to the gym because it's full of protein. It's low in sugar, it's low in carbs. You don't need to feel guilty about having them. Some people have that secret stash of candy. You can have this right there on your desk. Proud. Let them ask you. What's that? It's a built bar. Oh, what's that it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar covered in chocolate you got the built puff it's filled with marshmallow covered in chocolate yet it's still high in protein don't ask me how it works if i knew how it worked i'd probably be doing that for a living but i don't so i'm sitting here telling you about it and i can't tell you just how tasty it is my personal favorite is the blueberry muffin followed by that cookies and cream so go ahead and get you some of those built bars you can go to promo or excuse me you can go to built.com and use the promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 off your offer but if you can't wait go to your local walmart or sam's and get that variety pack in stores asap we're wrapping up today's episode of locked on hbcu and i appreciate all of my segment three folks making it to the end of the episode we're here to talk about virginia state's defense because this is something that we talked about earlier in the week it's a different situation we have another game on there it's now three games in a row that Virginia State has allowed big-time points. At that time, it was two. You won one of the games. So I just said, we might need to keep an eye on that and see if that's going to be a problem going forward. Now you're at three games allowing high points and two losses in a row. Now I need to put this under a microscope. Now I think the concern level is not jumping through the roof. It's not in the red, but it is something I'm at least going to look and put a microscope on and say, you know what? What's going on here? What's going on here? And, and I wanna, I actually want to start off by saying a little bit of context that I forgot to mention. It just slipped my mind earlier in the week when we talked about it. That game versus Johnson C. Smith actually went to double overtime, but they allowed 64 points in regulation. That's not a grand amount. Like, it's not a lot, but... It's it's more than they typically allow in conference play up to that point. So by not mentioning that it was in double overtime, I made it sound like they were just getting smashed and just beat the smithereens in this game. But they weren't. The Virginia State defense wasn't getting beat the smithereens against Johnson C. Smith. But against Shaw? Yeah, that 86 points that I made it sound like was all in regulation against against johnson c smith was actually the case against shaw so i wanted to look at these three games specifically these last two and see what's going on is there some sort of common feature that virginia state defense or excuse me virginia state opponents are getting that's making the defense struggle and the one thing i was able to find is three points when you look at this virginia union game which is right before this and you look at this shaw game those are the two worst three-pointing or three, two best. It really depends on how you want to look at it. But these are the two best three-point shooting performances by any team that has faced Virginia State this year. Number one and number two. Shaw was number one. They were tearing it up from outside. But that's the one commonality. It wasn't just points in the paint. It wasn't just a bunch of offensive rebounds. It wasn't just a bunch of turnovers. It wasn't anything that really stuck out. Now, I will say that it's, You probably want to keep them under 70 if you're Virginia State. Probably want to keep teams under 70 from now on. And I think you're going to continue to win. If you can keep teams under 70, you're going to win more games than you lose. None of the losses in conference play have been under 70 points. I don't think that's a coincidence. And you look at the rest of the schedule, a lot of times when they allow more than 70 points – they're not winning those games. It's very close. It's not like oh, they're seven or zero and seven in games where they allow more than seventy points. But they do lose a large amount of their games when they allow seventy or more points. That's just something that I noticed when I glanced at the records and look at the score of every game. That's something I noticed. But it wasn't just three points. It was more than just three pointers. It was also, it was also, um, it was also just the the the. but it was more than just the three-point shot because yes Virginia Union was able to get threes Shaw was just going crazy from three yes I get that but you can't just shoot threes and it was other things added to it for Virginia Union they were punishing inside Robert Osborne was the leading scorer in the game of any team and he didn't offer or he didn't shoot up a And it was about more than just three-pointers. Of course, threes are great, and that was the one commonality that I was able to see. And even Johnson C. Smith, they didn't shoot the three-ball that bad either. But that was a commonality I was able to see, and it wasn't the whole story. Like, you look at Virginia Union. They punished Virginia State on the inside. Robert Osborne had the most points of any team, and he was a Union player who didn't attempt a single three, just straight inside work and free-throw lines. You look at Shaw. They had 45 points from their bench. You look at Shaw, Shaw was out without their top scorer, too. They had 45 points from the bench. Those are things they had a bunch of points off turnovers, especially in that second half. These are things you can't have. If a team is scoring on you, you can't be giving them points off turnovers. That's almost like free points in a way. That's almost like giving away money. You just can't do that. It's not it's not going to be beneficial for you. And a lot of times it's going to come to bite you in the butt. And it did for Virginia State. But at the same time, you look at Shaw got. He didn't play, so I won't include Shaw. But you look at Johnson C. Smith, they got two scores in the top 10. You look at Virginia Union, they have the top score in the conference. Maybe it's a situation where you're just playing some high-level offensive players. And when you play players like that, sometimes they're going to get you. Even if your defense is good, sometimes they're going to get you. We'll see as we go forward. But this is 100% something that if it was a concern before, you're upticking. it. three games in a row where you're giving up more points in regulation than you typically do what's going on i'm not saying it's like oh once again i'm not saying the sky is falling but you want to make sure the sky doesn't fall a lot of times people are man why are we acting like the sky is falling it's not like we're acting like the sky is falling it's just that we looking up and looking like man it might fall it's not all good just because things aren't crashing and burning doesn't mean they aren't bad Doesn't mean they don't need to be tweaked, need to be fixed. We need to see what's going on with Virginia State's defense. And it's a problem that needs to be fixed because they are now tied with Virginia Union for first place in their division. They were ahead by a game or excuse me, they were ahead by two games. Then they were ahead by one game and now they're tied and they actually lose that tiebreaker. So we'll be back on tomorrow. Oh, no, we won't. Tomorrow's saturday we'll be back on monday's episode because we'll be back to recap this weekend's action and then also it's senior bowl week and i have a question for isaiah land is it more important to shine at the senior bowl or at the nfl combine we'll talk about that on monday's episode so do not miss it in the meantime y'all know the drill i appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day for your second listen check out locked on college basketball and in the meantime in between time if you're looking for me you can find me on Twitter at SouthExclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.